It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from the heartland, where investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Paranoid Banker Podcast. Yeah, so if you want to, you know, let's talk about the things that I've been wrong about, like over the last year. And some of them have been pretty big. And I'm actually surprised, not not surprised that I was wrong about something. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm not like that. But I'm surprised that some of these things didn't come to pass because I thought they would. And I mean, it's all actually not bad that it didn't happen. But, man, there's a couple, geez, there's at least one or two that I totally missed and I was really, really wrong about, especially when it came to, you know, some of the things that you're discussing, which, you know, has to do with COVID, its effects on multifamily, its effects on values, its effects on paying rent and collecting rent and, you know, all those kinds of things. So I was really way off on a few things on that. And I'll tell you what they were. And some of this, some of them you're going to know because I was outwardly expressing my opinion on this to, you know, most anybody that would listen uh, about what I thought was going to happen. And so, so first of all, I don't think we're out of the woods yet, uh, even though things have much improved over between now and a year ago. So uh, I don't think we're out of the woods, but I think we're a hell of a lot better now versus a year ago, but that's no guarantee that it's going to, you, you never know what could happen, right? So, uh, so we're a hell of a lot better off. And, but at the time, uh, one of the first things that I was telling people, and this was like the biggest, this is the, my big where I was wrong big time, is I said that Get your cash ready because there's going to be an avalanche of multifamily properties, other commercial real estate too, which you could make the argument there still may be, you know, the hotel industry's taken some hits. There's been some big acquisitions and mergers in the hotel industry. Uh, office, there's some office spaces having some heat. So, there's still, what I'm going to talk about still, I think, exists in some of those property uh, segments, but let's, we're, we're just focusing on multifamily, okay? So uh, the big thing that I was wrong about was I was telling everybody that you better get your cash together and you better get ready and you better keep your powder dry because there will be opportunities to purchase multifamily properties at huge discounts, unlike what we have seen in the past. That's what I said. And so if you do your research, you look at my emails, okay, you look at my videos, you go back in time and you watch and you see what I was kind of putting out there in terms of my opinion, I was big on that. Uh, we're gonna have a ton of multifamily properties owners that are not going to do a good job of owning and managing through the pandemic and they're going to do their best and their best still isn't going to be good enough because there's going to be opportunities abounding to buy 
these properties at a discount. And a funny thing about this is I was even on a conference call with, I would say, um, my peers, folks like me. Uh, I'm part of a group of folks just like me that, you know, we get together and have meetings and stuff. And I was on a call in uh, about a year ago, early April, not quite a year ago, but really close. And these folks are talking about um, forbearance and not making payments and um, fighting with their lender about getting some money from their reserve accounts. And they're talking about this, these things that could possibly happen. And I'm sitting there thinking, holy shit. I mean, if these guys are saying this and they're expecting some of these things that could be possible in their respective marketplaces, um, we're going to see a lot of discounted, repossessed, or sell as fast as I can to get out of this thing, multifamily properties. Okay, and again, I went like overboard in saying that this was going to be the case. Um, well, nothing's been further from the truth. None of that materialized. None of it did. Now, you could say that there might be segments in some part of the country. Um, I've got partners that own properties in, for example, California and some other places that are having some real tough issues with um, uh, um, with government red tape. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> uh, I'd like to say it differently, but I'll say government red tape, and they're having they're having some problems. <clears throat> okay. I also know that there are some um, owners of student housing properties that are having some problems. But all in all, in general, none of that has come to pass. I haven't seen since I prognosticated this to be the case, I haven't been approached with any, and I'm in it up to my nose for 12, 14 hours a day, okay? I haven't seen anything, no discounts. As a matter of fact, what I've seen are now properties selling at higher prices per unit than I've ever seen. It's been the exact opposite. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, I thought you'd be buying properties for $30,000 a unit, they're selling for $130,000 a unit now. I was, I mean, I was that far off. I was that far off. Um, you know, I was really wrong about that because, so what I did is I, I use my experience is where I come up. I just don't, you know, wake up and get the eight ball that you shake and look at it. You know, I use my experience. And I went through some real challenges in 2008, 2009, 2010 with some of our apartment properties. Um, and learned from that, and my thought was, oh, this is a hell of a lot worse than that. So, because this is worse than that, well, I was wrong. And by the way, it's all good news I was wrong. Thank goodness I was wrong. Um, if any of you, um, uh, I mean, those of you here that own multifamily, uh, anybody listening or watching on video that own multifamily, you're happy that none of this happened, right? Totally happy. I mean, I'm ecstatic. I'm excited that it didn't happen. But 
Man, I was really, really wrong about that. And again, I was so wrong that now they're, I mean, units are selling at prices per unit that in some areas of the country you've not seen before. <laughs> that's how wrong I was. Um, so that's the first place I was wrong. Second place I was wrong was the resident's ability to pay rent. The resident's willingness and ability to pay rent. So, um, when the virus first hit in March, I'm locking everything down. And by locking down, I mean money. I'm locking all the money down, expenses, capital improvements, anything that was earmarked to be done that we're going to do. Um, no, I mean, stopped. Oh, by the way, we're not doing distributions either. So first quarter distribution, ha-ha, very funny. That's not happening. No way that's not going to happen. Oh, second quarter distribution, that's not happening either. Third quarter distribution, well, you know, you talk me into it, but barely. I mean, that's how locked down I was. And again, I'm still kind of locked down on it, but not as, not as bad as I was before, obviously. And um, because I'm thinking, okay, I better be factoring in not only 40% vacancy, right? I better be factoring in of those units that we've got occupied, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have people paying rent, right? Right. And um, here's the weird thing. So I'm saying this to my partners. I'm talking to investors, you know, hey, when you're buying stuff, keep this in mind. Um, when you're looking at your next acquisition, keep, keep this in mind. Um, I'm telling my partners, hey, don't expect distributions for like six months at least. Don't, don't expect it because we're, we're, we're going to hoard our money. We're, we're, we're keeping it here just in case because we don't know what to expect. Because my expectation was we're not going to be receiving rent. Man, I was wrong about that, too. I was wrong about that, too. And you want to know the weird thing about it? Our numbers from a rental collection, eviction, problem issues are pretty close to the same post-COVID and during COVID than pre-COVID. So we really didn't see much of a difference between how operations were numbers-wise pre-COVID and how they were during COVID. I'm talking collections. I'm talking evictions. Um, I'm talking, you know, all of those kinds of things that were involved in that. Um, I was way off. Now, of course, yes, yes, we do have people that play the game and don't pay rent. Yes, we do have people, and yes, we did go out of our way and continue to go out of our way to work with people as much as we can. Payment plans, how can we help you out? You know, what can we do? What can we figure out here? We go above and beyond on that. Um, but the numbers weren't what I thought they were going to be. I was wrong about that. 
they continue to be very, very good. And yeah, you can you can attribute some of that to, you know, there was a little more extended unemployment. Yeah, the government had a little bit more stimulus money in there. So you can attribute some of that to that, but a very small percentage of that to it. Not as big as you would think. And on top of that, you've got the media, who, who by the way, with what I'm talking about here, you can't believe what you read or see on, in the media. And this isn't like a political thing. I'm just telling you regarding this, because they're not accurate at all. They're not. So the media, I mean, <laughs> it'd be April, uh, record uh, numbers of tenants are not going to pay rent. May, tenants are not going to pay rent. June, tenants are not going to pay rent. July, August, every damn month there's a big headline somewhere, some big paper. You've all seen them. You know, some big publications, you know, record amounts of uh, uncollected billions of dollars of rent not paid, blah, 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 blah. I can tell you that's bullshit. I can tell you it is. I'm in it. I know. I know. And yeah, there might be some properties here or there. There might be some properties here or there that are having issues with more issues than what I'm talking about. Again, we could probably talk areas of California. We could probably talk areas in the east on the east coast and some states too, you know, and we could do that. Because uh, I'm sure there are some. But again, in general, it's not what you're being led to believe. Um, Again, we're not out of the woods yet. And related to this, here's what you're going to see now. It's coming. Uh, I'm going to predict, okay, this might be something else I'm wrong about, but here goes. Uh, it's coming, and I, I, I'm saying it right here, right now. So if you recall, um, our the, the wisdom of our government leaders and the Centers for Disease Control on, hey, Landlords and owners of apartment communities, we are forbidding you to evict people for non-payment of rent because, because we need to stop the what? The spread. We need to stop the spread of this. We can't have thousands of more people on the street, so to speak, because we got to stop the spread. The more people that are out there out of their homes and their apartments in this case, the more spread there's going to be. So you are doing this to stop the spread. You remember this? This is why this was enacted. Well, now what you will be hearing is, um, especially in the media, you're going to see big headlines. Um, you're gonna see stuff posted everywhere. It's coming. Uh, because the deadline's coming up on the eviction moratorium. And every time the deadline comes up, the media is going to start posting these big stories about how now owners of apartment communities and landlords, they should still not evict these people that aren't paid, these residents that haven't paid, because now it's going to create a financial problem. There'll be records, a record amount of people out on the streets trying to find a new home. And financially, it's going to be hard for them. They're not going to be able to do it on and on. A much different reason now, isn't it? Okay. Um, much different. So it's all going to be about, okay, 
apartment community owners and managers, you guys need to keep these people longer now because they're have, they're have, they've had a financial hardship as a result of this. And by the way, it's your problem now to finance their hardship by keeping them in your apartment communities because we can't have all of these people out trying to find places to home. There'll be millions of homeless. There'll be millions on the streets and all this kind of overblown, outrageous stuff you will see. It's coming. It's coming. So maybe I'll be wrong about that too. I don't think I will be, but we'll see. But it's interesting how it's changed from, we don't want to stop, we got to stop the spread here. We can't have people out on the streets too. Oh, we can't have people now having all these financial issues. We can't let them out of there. So you're telling me because I'm the unlucky owner that had these folks in my apartment community at the time of the pandemic, I now have to house them for as long as it takes for nothing. That's total horseshit. But that's what you're going to be seeing and you're going to be reading here pretty soon, my prediction. Okay. Um, so back to my being wrong. Wrong about um, apartment community values. Huge, I thought there'd be huge distress in the market. Great big discounts being able to be had, to be had Totally wrong about that. Second thing I was wrong about was the residents' ability to pay rent, their willingness to pay rent, and our um, ability for collections. I was way off about that too. And here's one more thing I was wrong about. What lenders would do and how lenders would be treating uh, apartment community owners, not only from current loans in-house that they've got, but also from getting for getting new financing, okay? Getting new financing. So uh, nothing, I, I, my prediction was lenders are gonna stop lending money. They're not going to want to. They are gonna play it safe and they're going to wait and see what happens. So sorry you wanna refinance, Mr. Jones. We're not refinancing until we see what's gonna happen. Um, sorry about that new purchase, Mrs. Smith. We're not doing it because we're going to see what happens. Oh, maybe we'll let you buy it, but you got to put 70% down. We'll finance 30%. And by the way, it's on a five-year amortization, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. I thought that would be the case. So when I was thinking this, I immediately went to my lenders and said, hey, can, can you help me out here? Is there any way that we can work on our interest rate, work on our terms? Now, understand, I was not asking for, we did not have any, we didn't miss any loan payments, nor did we ask to have our loans forgiven for three months or two months or whatever it was. Because we had lenders say, hey, if you want to not make payments for three months, that's cool with us. Or if you just want to pay interest only for three months, that's cool with us. I said, no way, man, no way. Our apartments are doing great. And I wanted my lenders to see how well we were doing and how much in control we were. I don't want them to be thinking I got problems. I don't want them to be thinking we've got issues. By me telling, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. I really need that help right now. No, no, I don't want to give that impression. Didn't need to give that impression because we didn't have that problem, as I said. But I thought lenders would just lock up wouldn't lend money, and wouldn't be flexible. 
During the pandemic, I negotiated with our lenders who are great to work with, fantastic terms on our loans, fantastic interest rates, and I couldn't be happier. My partners couldn't be happier as a result of that. And you would think at a time like that, again, I go back to 2008, 2009, shit, you couldn't find anybody to loan any money. In 2009, I was a day away from closing on a 48-unit property that we still own, the day before closing. Closing documents have all been signed. The only thing that needs to happen is to show up at the title company, exchange documents, sign a few more papers, transfer the money, and we're done. Okay? My lender, who was Bank of the West at the time, called me that morning of the closing and said, basically, we're not loaning. We've pushed the button, we pushed pause on everything. We're not making any more commercial loans starting this morning. What do you mean? I've got a loan commitment. You've agreed to loan the money. I've got a closing in four hours. Sorry, we're not loaning any money. I'm not kidding. That's how it went. That's how it went. Um, ended up, by the way, getting financing uh, at another lender here who remains one of my, you know, not only really, really good friends this lender is, but a great resource for me. So that's where we went, got the financing, we got it taken care of. It took another week to do, but we got it taken care of. But imagine, you're, you, all the documents are signed. All you got to do is show up, um, exchange paperwork, and the bank says, oh, no, 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 uh-uh. Uh, we're not closing. We're not going to do this deal. So my thinking is, this is worse than it was in 2008, 2009. The banks aren't going to loan money. The banks aren't going to be want to deal with you, especially multifamily owners. Again, I was way off on that. The banks were fantastic to work with with us. Fantastic to work with with our clients, with our brokerage clients, buying apartment communities so they can own themselves. They're great. And as I'm recording this and talking to you guys and people are listening on audio or video, they're great to work with too now. So, um, yeah, so those are the three main things. You know, when you're talking about you know, things I've been wrong about with COVID and during COVID that I totally misjudged, um, I'm probably giving you answers you didn't expect. But those were the three main areas um, where I was way, way, way off the mark. Uh, and again, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. So there's signs that we are. There's lots of things going on. I mean, I went out. Uh, I went out to lunch here not too long ago. I had to wait to be seated for lunch. Okay. Uh, Jean and I went out for dinner with a friend of hers um, last Thursday night. We had to wait 25 minutes to be seated. And by the Thanks way, it's not because the they apartment specialist closed. podcast for investment questions, comments, to or to get in touch with Darren, go to, to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com. There's lots of signs of recovery. I just mentioned those two. Lots of signs that things are kind of going back, right? But we're not out of the woods yet. I haven't totally just forgotten and, and, and forgotten all this because you still have to kind of have a have a handle on it, which I do um, as good as we can. 
but yeah, those are the those are the main ones uh, where I was really, really, really wrong. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com.